This program is paid for by Advocacy United. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Advocacy United or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHD or Odyssey. Today's program is pre-recorded. Consider a career with the International Brotherhood of Boilermakers. As a Boilermaker apprentice, you'll earn while you learn. We offer excellent wages and benefits. And as part of our no-cost, hands-on apprenticeship program, you'll learn from the best in state-of-the-art training centers and on the job. Become a union Boilermaker and get on your way to a great career. Visit Boilermakers.org or call 844-IBB-WELD. And guess where this additional billion gallons of biofuel is going to come from? It's going to come from abroad. That's not an American first energy policy. We're in this together. Labor's in this. Building trades are in this. Refiners are in this. American consumers need us to do this too. Now across the Jacob Media Network, welcome to the Labor and Energy Show special. Exclusively presented by the PBF Energy Paulsboro Refinery and the PBF Delaware City Refinery in collaboration with the labor unions that build our communities. If you fix this RINs issue, you're looking at a reduction of 25 to 30 cents a gallon. This is the Labor and Energy Show, bringing labor leaders, national experts, and political influencers together to educate you about fancy terms like RINs and Reggie, while explaining the truth about energy independence. Welcome to the Labor and Energy Show with J. Doc and Krause. It's another edition of the Labor and Energy Show with J. Doc and Krause. Good to be here and um, glad that we made it to the month of November 2023, J. Doc, where the final two months of the year are significant in a lot of ways. Our entire show today is going to focus and zero in uh, on a big announcement that came down uh, in the month of October. I'll let you lead the audience into what our conversation will be, but it's something that we talked about going back into the early part of the year February, March, April, and it was great to hear the news in October uh, when it was officially announced. Absolutely, Joe. Uh, certainly, uh, we're talking about the hydrogen hub and, and the grant. Uh, a $750 million federal funding will come, uh, obviously, to the Mid-Atlantic to kick off uh, the new clean energy economy and, and, and the hydrogen hub. I want to say, like you mentioned, we've had several shows highlighting how various entities in, in the greater Philadelphia region have banded together to apply for a Department of, of uh, Energy Hydrogen Hub grant. Okay, and it'd be, it, you know, it's, it's such a big deal. A lot of hard work uh, was put into it. Uh, and, and, and so the program, uh, you know, literally has held uh, promise to be transformational for the regions that get the projects and who, that get the grants. Okay, very competitive process. Uh, but after, like I said, a ton of hard work uh, by our nonprofit committee, the Mach 2 committee, uh, they, you know, they created a, a, an amazing uh, presentation. And on the 13th of October, uh, we got the call that, uh, you know, our region was awarded uh, a $750 million federal funding grant, uh, you know, for the hydrogen hub. And so, it means jobs, okay, uh, okay. It means uh, it means clean energy, and it means energy security, and so much more. And we're going to have on this broadcast Jim Snell, business manager, Steamfitters Local 
420, who was on that committee, spearheading that committee. Uh, Colin O'Mara, CEO of the National Wildlife Federation. Okay, we're going to talk about, you know, for the next hour about the hydrogen hub, uh, the great benefits it, it brings to our region and several other regions around the country, as well as to our environment and, again, to our energy security and, and, and to our general public. So to say we're excited and appreciative, uh, you know, to, to uh, you know, the, the, the board of directors that put everything together would be an understatement. And, you know, we're just ecstatic um, that, you know, our, our region was chosen. If you're tuning in to the late, this edition of the Labor and Energy Show and you just listened perhaps to our opening banter before we get into bringing Jimmy Snell and Colin O'Mara into the conversation, you might say, wait a minute, what is a hydrogen hub and how does that affect me? Well, as we get into the show on the other side of the break, you'll learn a little bit more about that. I've always said, Jay Doc, and one of the uh, elements or one of the areas of this program, the Labor and Energy Show, has been the ability to kind of bring the conversation to the kitchen table uh, of those listening um, so they can be better educated about what's happening and they could be more responsible with some of the decisions or some of the thought process um, that they have. So I'm excited to do that. Um, I think it's going to be a great one hour show. 30 seconds till we get to the break. But I just wanted I, I wanted to reference that because there may be somebody out there listening. Hey, wait a minute. What does that mean? Well, we're going to learn all about what it means in a minute. But our Energy Education and Awareness Initiative with Advocacy United uh, is about educating the public on uh, the realities, uh, you know, the details of of common sense and energy. We care about our environment. Um, obviously, we care about jobs and, and of course, we care about our, our, our traditional uh, energy industry and our and, and renewables coming into the market. Our goal, as you know, Joe, is always to bring everybody together, to work together on creating uh, a win-win situation for all. And th the project we're going to talk about right now is a great example uh, of that. Across the Jacob Media Network, on terrestrial radio, on digital um, and in some ways, from our coast to coast, we'll um, get to our first commercial break. This is the Labor and Energy Show with Jadok and Krause. Back in a moment. PBF Energy wants you to know hidden rent costs are adding almost 30 cents to every gallon at the pump and pushing independent American refineries to the brink. It doesn't have to be this way. President Biden can lower gas prices and protect thousands of union refinery jobs by fixing the renewable fuel standard. And he should. Visit fuelingusjobs.com slash take action to urge President Biden to stop the RIN sanity and fix the renewable fuel standard today. Operate engineers are the men and women that move mountains and the engineers labor employer cooperative elec puts them to work they create opportunities for the men women and union signatory contractors of local 825 repaving our roads keeping our homes bright and warm and even building our favorite team stadium we understand infrastructure that's why elec and local 825 are ready to get to work Buying a car is a big decision. Makes, models, colors, cost. 
But soon enough, the government is going to make that decision for you. Delaware and New Jersey are on a collision course to ban the sale of new gas-powered cars. In 2035, you'll have no choice but to buy an electric vehicle in those states. Tell Governor Carney and Governor Murphy to stop the EV mandate and let drivers decide. Portions of tonight's Labor and Energy Special are presented by PBF Energy and supported by members of the labor union community, a collaborative to educate the public and change the narrative. And back here on the Labor and Energy Show with Jay Doc and Krause. Don't forget one other reminder for our audience today. You can go to Apple or Spotify, just search Labor and Energy, the Labor and Energy Show, and you can download this edition. Uh, of the Labor and Energy Show, and all of our past editions, J-Doc, are found and easily consumed by the public when they're ready to consume. Over to you, sir. Absolutely. Thank you, Joe. And, and like we said, uh, this this program is going to be all about our hydrogen hub. I'm ecstatic to bring in to, to the program Jim Snell and Colin O'Mara. First, Jim, if you will remind our listeners a little bit about who you are and who you represent. Sure thing, J-Doc. Uh, once again, uh, good Good morning. Uh, and thanks for thanks for giving us this platform. You know, I, I say this all the time whenever I'm lucky enough to be on uh, your show here. And uh, there's nothing like it in the in the country. And uh, you guys, you guys uh, do a great job. And we're very fortunate to be able to talk about many things in, in the uh, labor community on your show, Labor and Energy Show. Thank so you. thanks for that. Uh, and thanks for the invite. Um my name's Jim Snell, business manager, Steamfitters Local Union 420. Uh, we have close to 5,000 members in our uh, in our local. Uh, we are based out of Philadelphia, okay, more specifically Northeast Philly, but uh, within our jurisdiction are the Collar Counties, you know, uh, Delco, Chester County, Monco, uh, Bucks, and we uh, cover as far north as uh, Lehigh Valley area, Berks County and even uh, delve into uh, the Pocono region a little bit. But, you know, it, it, you know, it, we, we delve into uh, piping systems. If, uh, whether it's a, a school, a, you know, a, a, a hospital, a, a refinery, a nuclear facility, whatever the case is, if there's pipe work that's in those facilities, we're the ones installing it, we're the ones servicing that pipe work. So, but, you know, it, with, with this show that we're uh, talking about today, the Hydrogen Hub, you know, there is uh, an awful lot of uh, pipe work that is uh, scheduled for the foreseeable future, you know, related to this hydrogen hub. And uh, it gets myself, the Philadelphia building trades, South Jersey building trades, the Delaware building trades. It gets us all excited. It really does. It it means opportunities for, for families, you know, uh, being able to. Uh, our members being able to put food on on the kitchen tables to feed their families, it enables our our apprenticeships to really grow, right? So if we know we have a workload coming, we need to you know uh, bring in more people into the fold, right? To to be able to uh, have the manpower, the uh, skilled manpower for these projects coming up in the future, in the next you know five, ten, fifteen years. So. Um, you know, and, and, you know, when we talk apprenticeships, it's it's about reaching out in the communities, you know, which we'll get into and uh, maybe less fortunate communities and bringing them into our fold, bringing them into uh, under our umbrella and giving them a chance to, to earn a, a, a good middle middle class way of life. Well, appreciate that, Jimmy. And, 
And certainly, I want to bring in Colin O'Mara, CEO of National Wildlife Federation. Colin, uh, like Jimmy, um, you need no introduction in many circles, but for a, a number of our listeners, introduce yourself and talk a little bit about, you know, the, the National Wildlife Federation. Yeah, no, thanks, J-Doc and Krause. Thanks for having us on. And also just kind of thanks for believing in this thing from the beginning. There were a lot, a lot of naysayers along the way when wow. Snell and I and others were having yeah. these conversations. It's kind of this crazy idea that, you know, it's it's a, uh, you know, it's it's an impossibility to become, until it becomes real, right? And so right. Um, so my name is Colin O'Meara, as you mentioned. Um, I'm the, my, my day job is I'm head of the National Wildlife Federation. Um, it's one of America's largest kind of conservation organizations. we got about 6 million, 7 million folks that are part of the, the organization. Um, a lot of folks that hunt and fish, a lot of folks that, you know, like watching birds or you know, going out to outdoor spaces. Um, you know, kind of good mix of, you know, Republicans and Democrats you know, in all 50 states and kind of, kind of across the country. So trying to bring people together to kind of do big things and still believe we can do big things in this country, uh, you know, despite some of the political divisions. So, you know, trying to be a place that folks can come together. Um, you know, before that, I, I ran the Natural Resource Agency for Delaware for, for, for five and a half years. Um, where, you know, we've helped oversee things like restarting the Delaware City Refinery after that shut down, um, you know, trying to bring a lot of jobs um, to bear after the recession of 2009, a lot of which were in the energy space. And this is everything from, you know, some plants that were built to um, some renewable projects and kind of trying to, you know, put folks to work and have, you know, billions of dollars of investment as we were trying to fill the hole that was created by some of the auto plants closing and some of the other facilities that shut down in Delaware during that time. So, you know, I, I, I come at this from kind of from an economic and environmental point of view. And so when the, uh, when the president uh, signed the infrastructure bill in uh, 20, in, in the, in guess November of 2021, uh, you know, Jim Snell, Brian McGlinchey, a handful of us, uh, Ricky Richie laser got on the phone pretty much immediately, Ryan Boyer, a bunch of other folks um, started talking about like, was there a way to put this together? And so, you know, here we are, you know, almost two years later and a little you know, over two years. Yeah. And we went, we went from being a, a long shot, kind of that almost like bubble team. We're trying to get into the journey to end up as a, a number one seed. So, you know, it turned out, you know, pretty well. And it's interesting because I remember the first show, uh, Joe Cross, I don't know, if, uh, you know, where Brian McGlinchey and Colin O'Mara were on the program and we, and, and Jim Snell called in and we talked to, Right at the end, it was the first conversation we'd ever had on the air mm-hmm. about, you know, what was going on. And, and, you know, it was just the beginning of the process two years ago. And look at where we're at right now. And so, um, yeah, let's uh, let's delve into that conversation uh, for our listeners. OK, um, before we break it down, you know, completely as we as we go through the conversation. What is for our, what is a hydrogen hub? What are its benefits to the region? Regarding our energy generation, uh, Jimmy Snow, you mentioned jobs. Obviously, it's a big deal. Uh, our economy and the environment. Let me uh, let me go to Colin, and then Jimmy, you weigh in. Yeah. So at at a, at a high level, um, the the goal of the hub, right, is to make sure that kind of clean, abundant hydrogen is available for a bunch of different uses. And so, you know, the, the two that we're kind of focused on primarily are industrial uses. So these are things that you know can't be electrified, but you know maybe it's replacing you know, diesel, maybe it's replacing, you know, some oil um, in some of these processes. And so, you know, hydrogen's got incredible energy density to it. It's like a really powerful thing. This is why it's, it's already part of refining process and different things. Um, and then also on the transportation side. And so, you know, a lot of opportunities in like SEPTA and Jer- Jersey Transit and DART, but also like all those new like warehousing facilities, all the like logistics facilities, think about the ports, think about the airport, marine vessels. I mean, so a ton of opportunities for, for on the use side and all those require a ton of jobs, right? To like manufacture everything. I think the thing that we saw pretty quickly, um, a lot of the other regions in the country 
we're focused on kind of single, the kind of big plants, like a single plant producing a ton of hydrogen and trying to find folks to offtake it. What we figured out um, was that we can actually reuse some of the existing pipeline infrastructure, at least the right-of-ways, um, to try to have different places producing hydrogen um, as a way to then feed into, you know, kind of a, a pipeline system to allow a whole bunch of different uses. And you got the old, um, you know, the interrefinery pipeline system. You got some of the old investments that Buckeye made. Um, and, you know, some of those some of those can be resleeved. Some are going to have to be replaced by Jim's guys. Um, but there's a lot of work that would actually allow us to deliver, you know, green hydrogen, you know, and pink hydrogen. And I'll talk about that in a second, um, directly to these facilities, right? Directly to Monroe, right? Directly to the airport, directly to, you know, what Hilco is trying to do. And so, you know, all of a sudden now our proposal, which kind of seemed as a long shot, right? When this thing started, there were, you know, 79 communities wanted to, wanted to, you know, kind of wanted a hub. They entered the, like 33 were kind of asked for applications. They only interviewed 11 of us and somehow we got through that. They awarded seven of them. Um, but the reason we stood out was kind of three things. One is ours was actually a system um, that actually you know made sense in terms of like this connectivity and using the uh, the great kind of industrial bones that we have here for this kind of kind of new purpose. The second is we were the only ones who labor led. There was like labor led, I and mean, we got PLAs on every single project. And Jim can talk about all the details there. But I mean, Jim's a co-chair, vice chair. I don't know what your official title is, <laughs> but you know, I mean, Jim's been in the leadership role from the beginning. You know, Ryan was one of the folks in the interview when we went down to DC. Um, you know, same thing with, you know, like the guys in Delaware and the guys in Jersey. And then the, the, then the, the third thing was on the environmental side, um, because we're proposing using you know, renewables and nuclear from you know, Salem, um, ours was cleaner than a lot of the other ones. And we couldn't kind of replicate, you know, what they're doing in Appalachian. We just weren't going to be successful, you know, compared to some of those other regions. And so, you know, and there's also some health benefits, you know, related to that too, because, you know, you're replacing, you know, diesel trucks with, you know, you're running them on hydrogen. All that pollution on 95, you know, as you're going from, you know, Claymont in Delaware to Chester up to the city, right? I mean, all of a sudden, a lot of those emissions, those particulate matter, you know, is going to hopefully go away because the only emissions that come from hydrogen after it's produced in a clean way is water vapor. So, you know, this is a kind of a good outcome. But those three things kind of put us on the uh, the map that took us from a, a long shot to ended, ending up being the, the best proposal in the country. Colin, let me ask you, Colin, let me ask you, and Jimmy, hold your thought. Colin, let sure. me just get one follow-up with you on this. At, at any time I ever have a conversation uh, with my brother-in-law, who's a very technical engineer. So he's well above um, me in many different ways. But when I try and break it down into simple conversation, his comeback to me is this. For every action that takes place, there is always a reaction. And sometimes the reaction is good, and sometimes the reaction creates a different set of circumstances or a different issue. Is this action create a positive reaction in terms of your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think the the answer is yes. I mean, you know, I think there, you know, the the way that we're proposing making hydrogen um, is, you know, taking water molecules, right, and splitting apart the the H two from the O, right. It's kind of that's kind of the basic you know, chemistry of it, going back to high school, um, because you can simultaneously you know, help keep manufacturing facilities in production as, you know, there's tighter EPA rules and rules from DEP and everything else because they're cleaner, like that reaction, right? All of a sudden making our, making our, our industrial base more competitive, more cost competitive. It's a pretty good thing, right? All of a sudden, 
you know, you don't see the big price, fl- you know, because they're not, not using oil, right? They're not having the big you know, price fluctuation when there's, you know, when Russia's invading Ukraine or there's conflict in the Middle East. I mean, so there's like, there's like an economic case that's really, really strong for why this makes sense. And then on the health side, though, the reaction is kind of the, the, the consequence is that, you know, a lot of these other processes that have been relatively dirty, right? And they've, you know, affected worker health and, you know, community health over the years. I mean, if hydrogen's the input instead of, you know, some of the other traditional fuels, you know, all of a sudden now, you know, workers are going to be a little healthier. The community is going to be a little less pollution, um, maybe a lot less pollution. And so, I mean, in this case, like, there's really no downside because of the way we've constructed this thing. You know, we're going to get 20,000 jobs and cleaner skies at the same time. And that's a pretty good day. Jimmy Snell, uh, jump in there and talk about what, what, what Colin was talking about in regards to what we what we had going for us. Um, and it, it, talk about the process. Sure, sure. I mean, uh, look, so so here we are as a region, right? Uh, you know, this region has been flush, speaking of building trade terms and, and jobs, right? Uh, at the end of the day, we've been flush with industrial work for decades upon decades. Uh, a long time ago, between the three regions, South Jersey, Delaware, and the Marcus Hook region in Philly, South Philly, we had a, a eight or nine refineries going at one time, right? So, you know, when it came to the building trades or construction in general, there was always work going on, right? People were busy making money, right? So, well, the world has changed over the last few years, right? Um, and, you know, like to Colin's point, you know, um, it, it's about it's about transitioning, bottom line, uh, making the world a cleaner, better place. And, you know, uh, there's no one that likes a clean a clean world, uh, no one more than my members. I think I'm one of the only guys who doesn't hunt or fish. Okay. So look, it's, you know, like Colin mentioned the underground piping network, you know, that was one of the, one of the things that a a few of us, when we first started this thing, we thought about this, well, you know, with all the the underground uh, infrastructure already in place, that has to be a positive, like in, in regards to, you know, thinking up a, a hydrogen hub so to speak and and are we are we you know is this real can we pull something like this off and uh you know like colin mentioned myself brian mcglinchy who you've had on the show colin and richie laser and uh you know we banged heads for for many months and then pulled in a couple other smart guys and you know and, and look and i'm gonna say this we're extremely fortunate to have colin as as the the leader of this of this pack and uh you know who would have thought two years ago you know we were kind of you know, banging our heads together and 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 here we are now i mean it's it's surreal right um a lot of ups and downs through the process there were many times i didn't know if we if this thing was going to get pulled off and uh you know the more we we opened our group up to to uh other end users in the region you know listen and users that that you know quite frankly need to clean up their act so to speak you know and uh they would be prime candidates to to use hydrogen um you know the more end users that wanted to hop on board the the, the more end users that had questions and you know wanted to dip their toe into this thing first and and find out a little more you know as as each day went on we thought man this this actually is a real thing we can we we can do this and and you know, once again, having that underground piping infrastructure already in place is it was a significant uh, part of this whole hub. Um, you know, I, I I just you know to 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 remember the night that I was on the phone with Brian McGlinchey 
talking about the possibility, you know, do we have what it takes, you know, and be quite frank, Brian, you know, he said, I know what I got to do tomorrow morning. And, and he picked up the phone and called Colin. And, uh, you know, and, and you just start thinking about things. And, and look, I had heard about hydrogen. I had read a lot about it. Right. Very, very prominent in parts of Europe, prominent in Australia. Well, here it's coming. Boom, it's here. Well, why can't we be a part of it? Right. That was my, my thinking, our thinking. Right. You know, and the thing that's great about the, those those first four or five, six people that were involved with this from the get go over two years ago, you know, no one's getting paid for this. You know, this is these are people that love the region, you know, love the love where they live and, and they want to see this region thrive. Right. But if, and if and if the world is going to transition into a renewable world, well, damn it, we want to be at the forefront of it. Bottom line. Jimmy, you know, Jimmy, Jimmy, you had a, a significant role in that committee. And I know from day one, you were excited from the time literally you came on in the last five minutes of that broadcast um, to talk about this. Um, taking it full circle, uh, you and Krause and I were talking about, uh, you know, October 13th. Talk about getting the call and what that was like. Well, uh, so, so. He, as time went on, right, like Colin mentioned, we we had an interview, uh, I mean, an all-day interview from like 8 in the morning to 3 in the afternoon with Department of Energy. Our group did, Mach 2, 20, 20 people sitting right across from 20 other people from DOE. And uh, there were no softball questions, I can tell you that. You know, um, uh, DOE is very serious about this, uh, you know, about environmental justice workforce development, apprenticeship, that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, um, it, nothing easy about that interview. But after that interview process, you know, you, 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 you kind of walk back and say, you know what, we had a pretty damn good interview. And boy, this this thing we dreamt up two years ago, I think we really got a shot. So as as the next couple months went on, all right, our interview was in July of this past summer. As the next couple months went on, we actually kind of started feeling pretty darn good. And, uh, and you know, when when we got the call, so the president came to Tioga Marine Terminal in Philly to make the announcement on Friday, October 13th. A couple days before that, DOE had called us. Uh, it was a Tuesday, I believe. And and they had called us. It was kind of around around noontime. Uh, we, we got notified that they wanted to have an impromptu 4 p.m., conference call. Anyone that can get on the call, get on the call. And you're a little nervous. You know what I mean? Like, are we in or are we out? And and uh, I'm a guy that, you know, yeah, we until I see a shovel in the ground, that makes me happy. But uh, and and we were the first group that they notified and they almost were as excited as us, you know, because here we are. Right. This is we're at the forefront of of this is a you know an energy revolution here, and uh, and and it's just so cool to see it come full circle, and you know to see the president of the United States, you know, at, at the microphone down to Tioga Marine Terminal, you know, talking about steam fitters, saying steam fitters and electricians and and other trades going to benefit from this, and and look, it's not just about the work, right? Like Colin mentioned, I mean, there are communities in our region that are you know, truly suffering from, you know, in environmental justice and, you know, uh, high asthma rates, children, things of that nature. So, 
you know, it's uh, it, it, this is this this is a whole big thing here. It ain't just about the work, okay? But uh, it's, uh, it's interesting, Jimmy. And I'll go to Colin. Uh, Colin, talk about you know one of the things we talk about. And I love hearing Jimmy talk about. It's not just about the jobs. The jobs are obviously a big deal, but it's about working together. Uh, people from all walks, okay, the energy sector, labor, obviously the environment, to put together a project of this magnitude. Talk about your thoughts on that, uh, everybody working together for a common cause and obviously, you know, uh, setting new boundaries. Yeah, no, no, I appreciate the question, Doc. And I think, you know, I mean, like we're, we're, we're learning on the fly right now, right? I mean, for, for too many decades, right, the environmental community and the business community and the industry community, even labor in some cases, have been at odds over, you know, what's good, right? And folks trying to put food on the table and folks want cleaner air, right? Like it shouldn't, it shouldn't, and all of a sudden now with some of these technologies, you don't have to choose. Now, again, you know, it requires a lot of work. It's going to require, you know, kind of a change in the way we're thinking, but, you know, in, in the environmental movement, you know, folks have been conditioned for decades, right? About how to stop stuff, you know, and now we're at a point where we have to build stuff because there's no way to get to where we need to get on the climate side, on the job side, on the environmental justice side, unless you're they're kind of changing these systems. And so, you know, and there's still folks that are skeptical, right? And, and I appreciate that. I mean, I think we got to do a better job with outreach and education. But I think what we saw pretty quickly is that the advantage that I mentioned, like the infrastructure, labor, you know, being having it be renewable and, and, and nuclear, not and not heavy in fossil because we were going to out Appalachia, Appalachia, right? We weren't going to outdo the Gulf, right? I mean, like we're not in that position right here um, in this part of the country. So, you know, by, by sticking to those, those kind of core principles, all of a sudden, a whole bunch of partners that typically have been adversarial in, in the past, all of a sudden had common ground. And all of a sudden, now you got a, a, a force that, you know, and that's why I love this region. I mean, so many other of so many other hubs broke down just because of infighting egos, like all kinds of nonsense, like petty politics, where like there was never any like major disagreements. I mean, I would have loved to have, you know, our governor in New Jersey, maybe a little more involved. But beyond that, uh, you know, he's working on one in, up in New York um, that wasn't successful. But the, um, you know, the camaraderie and like, you know, these are folks that had a common goal, right? But just, you know, became friends in the process, right? Which, and I think that that teamwork, um, I think it could set the model for a whole bunch of things in our region, right? We think about like, you know, some of the biotech stuff, some of the transit stuff, I mean, some of the offshore wind potentially. I mean, there's like a model here that's, you know, how do we move the region forward together as opposed to duking it out in the courts or in some regulatory you know, process? Absolutely. We're an energy show here with Jay Doc and Krause, Jim Snell joining us, Colin O'Mara joining us, and I almost feel as we go to the break, J-Doc, that we should be, um, you know, celebrating in big cheer. I think it's an amazing feat. The Hydrogen Hub Award became official, as Jimmy Sned, as Jim Snell said, uh, in October. Uh, a lot of road work into getting it done. It is now done. We'll get to our first commercial break uh, on the Labor and Energy Show. On the other side of the break, I'll turn over the controls, J-Doc, Colin, and Jimmy We'll break it down, and then I'll see you back here in segment four. This is the Labor and Energy Show with Jadok and Krause back in a moment. What's a boilermaker? We're the skilled welders, riggers, and craftspeople who will help you grow your competitive edge. We step up when others step back, and we do the job right, on time, on budget, and safely. No drama, just results every time. We're the International Brotherhood of Boilermakers, and everything we do begins with our bond. Let's get to work together. Visit bestintrade.com. 
Frontier Integrated Multicraft Contractors has been a force since 1896. That's right, 1896. And specializes in welding, piping, mechanical, structural, constructability reviews, project management, and rigging design services. For a free consultation, call Neuter at 314-421-7600. Neuter proudly serves petroleum refining, chemical processing, power generation, and alternative energy. Get in touch with Neuter at 314-421-7600. The Eastern Atlantic States Regional Council of Carpenters is proud to present skilled union workers, including the workers that build and maintain our energy infrastructure. The safest, best trained, and most productive carpenters in the country are on the job. Whether it's energy from nuclear, wind, coal, natural gas, or offshore wind, the EAS carpenters are ready to provide the construction need of an energy industry our families depend on. If you're interested in a job in construction, visit EAScarpenters.org or follow us on social at EAS Carpenters. This program is paid for by Advocacy United. Today's program is pre-recorded. Portions of tonight's Labor and Energy Special are being supported by the members of the Labor Union Community, including Steamfitters Local 420, Jim Snell, Business Manager, the Eastern Atlantic States Regional Council of Carpenters, and the United Steelworkers. So welcome back, everyone, to the Labor and Energy Show with Jay Dot and Krause. We're having a fantastic conversation. We're talking Hydrogen Hub. We have Jim Snell, Business Manager, Steamfitters Local 420, Colin O'Mara, CEO of the National Wildlife Federation. And I'll tell you, um, one of the things that really makes me proud, one of the things we say here, you know, we've been saying it for years, the leadership of, of, of our labor community, Jim Snell is at the top of that. And, and, and um, I'm really proud, Colin, when I, when I hear you talk about everybody you know, working together, okay, for a common goal. Uh, and and uh, this is such a big deal. Uh, we've talked about um, utilizing, obviously, all the resources and all of our leadership um, for a common goal, the environment, jobs, clean energy, uh, you know, our traditional energy uh, community also uh, being involved and putting uh, heads together that maybe normally wouldn't be, um, on, you know, on the same side, maybe adversarial at times. But it's so beautiful to see this and to see the progress. Now, one of the things I like to get into, we're going to break it down a little bit. Um, come, uh, you know, for clarity, hydrogen itself isn't new when it comes to industrial use. Uh, re- re- refining already uses a lot of it to make uh, good old gasoline and diesel. But we're talking about making it uh, in both a zero emitting manner and using it more abundantly as an energy source in different applications. Is, is that correct, number one? And number two, if you'd elaborate. Yeah, so I mean, the, the the running joke when I was in school, right, was that hydrogen was the the fuel of the future, and it always would be. Right? Right, right. Um, I mean, like, the first hydrogen tests were, were actually run in the 1800s. You know, there was a there was a, a kind of internal combustion engine that ran on hydrogen in 1806. I mean, like there was all kinds of stuff, um, you know, years ago. And there's kind of this battle for which was going to get, you know, kind of which which fuel source is going to kind of get used in different types of different types of vehicles and different types of processes. And because, you know, oil and natural gas and other things were easier um, to, to transport and easier to, easier to control, um, hydrogen kind of fell behind. I think the, the difference of what we're talking about is that right now in the country, you know, more than 90%, probably 98%, 99% of the hydrogen that's used in different industrial processes is coming from natural gas. So you're taking that CH4 molecule, right? And you're kind of splitting it apart through steam, steam methane reformation um, kind of a process where you basically are kind of blowing it apart 
Um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a process that you know, does have emissions where you got emissions when you're pulling it out of the ground, you're moving it, you know, obviously when you're, when you're splitting the molecules and then when you're combusting it. And so, you know, what, what, and, and again, the, the, the law that we were kind of competing to, to get the award from, um, required at least a few to be kind of fossil fuel based. And, you know, we were kind of pretty confident that like, you know, Texas, Louisiana, the Gulf, you know, the Appalachian region with center mansions leadership in particular, um, would, would likely fill those, those slots. And so that left us to kind of look at the more renewable side, the green side that as we talk about. And so the difference here compared to steam, steam reformation is that you're bringing renewable energy to power something called an ele- electrolyzer, which is basically kind of a, a membrane system that's then, you know, kind of separating the oxygen from the H2 molecule, from the H2O, right? And kind of separating that out. Um, the difference there is that instead of having carbon kind of go in the atmosphere, you just have water vapor from the from the oxygen piece of it. So, you know, it's going to require, you know, kind of feedstocks on the input side from renewables and from and from nuclear, on the, and especially on the Jersey side. And then, you know, and then but at that point, the, the, the H2 molecule you know, has a whole bunch of different uses. Right. So like you can move it and you can get different ways to distribute it, too. Right. You can move it through pipelines. You can move it through trucks. You can move it through different marine vessels. So it's, it's a kind of a Swiss army knife of kind of energy that, that you can kind of do with a lot of different things. I think, you know, the thing that I get excited about is as we're trying to make, you know, steel competitive again, as we're trying to make, you know, cement cleaner, as we're trying to have you know, chemical processes that are cleaner, as you're trying to have, you know, lower, lower emission fuels, um, having kind of green hydrogen on the input side means you don't have all the other, you know, kind of downstream or I guess kind of upstream, you know, kind of emissions. And so, you know, you're a lot cleaner from day one, but you also make those processes more economically competitive. And so, you know, it's a, it's, you know, it's, it, it gets technical really quickly. But, you know, I think hopefully folks can kind of just think about, you know, if you're, if you're using, you know, kind of a greener energy and these electrolyzers, you know, to split apart the hydrogen in the water and using it for these kind of areas that are what they call kind of tough to decarbonize, kind of tough to kind of reduce emissions. And specifically, you know, the benefits are kind of astounding economically and ecologically. Uh, Jimmy Snell, the technical side of this, obviously, like 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 Colin said, it gets you can get in the weeds fairly quickly. And in a sense, that's kind of where there's a breakdown one of the things we try to do on the show is, you know, translate. Okay. Because even, you know, traditional energy companies, you know, you, you know, there are different compartments. Uh, when you know, talk, you, you, you talk to a John Bain and he's like, I'm not the technical guy, but there's a process here. And obviously, you know, you got to be able to communicate that process on the committee. And, and, and you know, obviously you guys had the responsibility of understanding and at least getting the, you know, learn getting the knowledge um to, to understand that technical part and obviously you know communicating back and forth talk about that process and and and, and how important it was well yeah no you're you hit the nail on the head uh j doc uh, being communi- communicate using communication skills i should say is is you know the the number one thing we need to do okay and and as a matter of fact just this past week uh along with department of energy um, and, and Colin, you know, kind of moderated the the uh, uh, event. You know, it was all about being open and honest and talking to people, the community about what this hydrogen hub is. OK, so it's going to take multiple other, uh, you know, uh, meetings, Zoom meetings and whatnot, um, whether it's uh, our political friends, more end users, you know, the community at large, um, just to explain what this thing is. Right. Uh, there's, there's the technical people, you know, Colin being one of them, they know this thing like the back of their hand, but I think surely as time goes on, right. You, people are going to find out about this. Okay. And, and they're going to know, you know, this is, this is, ha- they're going to have to adapt to this. 
all right, you know, to, to you know, uh, clean up a lot of these plants that we're talking about. Some of them are hard to decarbonize, you know, but, but you know, if, if some of these end users are all in, you know, they'll, they'll, as time goes on, they will be able to decarbonize these facilities. And I got to say something like you, we talked about it last segment about everyone being together on this, right? Um, you know, I've never seen anything like it before. All right. The only thing I could kind of, uh, I, I came in a close second is when the region was trying to get Amazon, if you remember, to get on Amazon to come to Philadelphia. You had everybody tripping over themselves to be a part of that team, right? And, and it, you know, it was unsuccessful. I, I liken this to that attempt to uh, lure Amazon. I mean, we had, you know, yeah, you had labor and, and you know, we have our group here, but you have academia, uh, you had uh, 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 Rowan College, you had Delaware State, you have Cheney University, Penn, Drexel. I mean, all these groups, and I'm sure I'm missing a few other schools, you, you had them fully on board, fully on, engaged with this uh, uh, quest to, to get a hydrogen hub. You, you had labor, of course, labor, you know, end users. Um, on the political front, I mean, how? when has this ever happened where all levels of government were all on board, uh, you know, local, uh, state, right? You know, and naturally uh, the feds. You had you had Mayor Kenny fully on board, helping any way he can. Josh Shapiro, I mean, he was just phenomenal from day one. Okay, and I'm just talking about Pennsylvania here, but uh, you know, was was extremely helpful in any way possible. And naturally, the president of the United States. You had you had Carney in Delaware, and you had people over in South Jersey. Just everybody coming together, and and look, you know, all these people coming together, right? Most of them didn't know what the hell hydrogen was, right, or is, but but they knew one thing: it was to make this region better. It was to you know, it was all about jobs and and clean air, and and that's that, you know, cutting all through through all the technical stuff. That's what it came down to, and people people wanted to be a part of it. I'll tell you what, and, and just the trust that we're building with one another. Obviously, if we can create the, you know, this project uh, at, at the magnitude that it is, and bring it to fruition, and the relationships that we're creating, I think it's just uh, so important. It's really what our energy education and awareness, uh, you know, initiative is all about, and it's so great. Uh, that we're not, seg you know, you know, uh, segregating communities and, and everybody's coming together. Leadership is such a big part of that. And, and I'm obviously proud of, of, you know, what our top leaders, including Jimmy Snell, um, uh, you know, you, you know, it, it, when you talk about um, bringing things together, let's let's talk a little bit about the next step. OK, um, now that the Department of uh, Energy is, has announced obviously the funding award. What's what's next? What are the next steps and how long will it take to get the initial projects uh, associated with the hydrogen hub off the ground? Uh, Colin, I'll go to you first and then Jimmy jump in. Yeah, I mean, it's the feds, right? So nothing moves overnight. <laughs> um, but so right now we're negotiating kind of the, they're kind of kicking their tires on the on the organization, making sure we're kind of equipped to handle the amount of money that's going to be moving into the region. Um, they are going to kind of pass it out in kind of four to five phases. Um, and so the first phase is really around community engagement, workforce development, kind of planning, permitting, you know, making sure that we're kind of ready um, for like the next the next um, kind of round of investment. So that's like 12 to 18 months. So you're kind of looking, you know, end of this year through end of next year. Um, but I, I think there's some projects that could, you know, you could see some shovels on the ground next year, end of the year. Um, but 2025 is when you're going to see, you know, a lot of construction. 
Um, and you know, and it's going to be phased, right? So like, there's some some projects are ready to go now. Other ones are, you know, the technology is kind of evolving, and you know, some of the uh, some of the other pieces are kind of coming together. But you know, every every the nice thing is that every dollar we got of federal money, we're going to see at least like three to four dollars of private investment to match it, right? So you're not looking at seven hundred fifty million dollars of investment. You're looking at you know four billion dollars worth of investment, you know, across the uh, across the region. And and you know, I, I think. You know, I want to make sure, and obviously Jim's been the leader in this for their you know world class training facility. You know, how do we get kind of that, that workforce ready? Because you know, thirteen thousand construction jobs over a handful of years is a real number that well exceeds you know what a lot of folks have in their labor halls right now. You know, and so how do we you know use this as the opportunity to to, to, to scale up, recognizing that if we do it right, right, we're going to have other opportunities and other whether it's in hydrogen or offshore wind or you know some of the other things that are coming down the pipeline. So there's just lots of lots of work. But we got to kind of get the pieces right. And so you're going to see a lot of community engagement, a lot of town halls, like a lot of Zoom meetings, all that kind of stuff. I don't want anyone surprised. I want to be completely transparent about, you know, so folks know what they're getting. You know, there's questions, right? Folks don't know a lot about, as, as Jim was just saying, so the communication is important. But that's what we're going to see for the next, for this first phase. So having said that, and, and that uh, segues right into what um, I wanted to talk about next. Jimmy, uh, obviously beyond the man hours, okay, um, you had kind of touched on a little while ago, and, and it uh, kind of leans towards what Colin's talking about. Um, we may need to be, you know, obviously we, you talk about our apprentice programs and our journeyman upgrade programs. Um, will we need to develop new types of chaining programs for the cleaning, for the clean hydrogen economy? Uh, what do the trades have to do uh, to fully take advantage of, you know, what's coming our way? Sure, J-Doc. So what do we need to do? Okay, uh, we need to make our apprenticeships even larger, more all-inclusive, okay? That's one thing that is absolutely a certainty, you know, moving forward, okay, uh, from from now, you know, in years to come. Um, you know, there there's a lot of work going on right now, right? Everybody says there's a skilled labor shortage. Well, you know, it, it, it's it's good and bad, right? It, it's good. Everybody's working. It, the, the money's coming back to your union halls, uh, you know, into your pension funds, your health and welfare funds. But when it comes to large scale, pro, you know, big projects like these, okay, and and the work, we need to have that manpower. All right, I, I got news for you. The the country is, is flush with work for now, right now. And for the foreseeable future, you know, with a massive billion billion dollar projects, EV car battery plants, and 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 uh, computer chip plants, and you'll have you know more more hydrogen hub stuff, and 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 more energy related stuff as the years to come. Uh, so so when you have these large scale projects, right? In, in my uh, case, and and everybody's working, I still need to man these projects, right? So I call in uh, travelers. Well, everybody's working from around, you know, throughout the country. I need my goal and every everyone's goal within these uh, building trades with that, within these three regions is to grow your union. You're going to have to grow it. OK, you can't just sit back and wait for people to come to us, you know, and come and take an application. We need to really develop a strategy going out into communities, those less fortunate communities and, and pulling uh, young men and women into the fold. Bottom line, that's the only way this thing's going to work. All right. And, and that's not just talk. That's the truth. We need the bodies. We need to educate these young men and women. All right. And that's 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 how I see this, the, the building trades evolving 
because of this. Uh, Colin, I see you shaking your head there. Uh, jump in there. Don't uh, elaborate if you would. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, I mean, Jim said it perfectly, right? I mean, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, the labor in the Philly region, like in Delaware and Jersey, has been strong for a long time. Obviously, that's not the case everywhere in the country, right? And I think if we can show, like, how you get kind of a 21st century workforce that's, you know, all organized, right? That, you know, and it's not just UA, right? It's Leona, it's IBW, it's everybody, right? It's just everyone's, everyone's benefiting. Um, we kind of set a new standard, right? That you don't have to have these false choices that I think a lot of folks have forced on us for a long time, that you can't have like good wages and, you know, kind of a functioning economy, right? It's just, it's a bullshit, excuse me. It's a, it's a, it's an inappropriate uh, kind of trade-off. And, and I think, you know, I get excited because it's not just the leadership within the building trades. It's also, you know, looking at like Cheney University is doing some really cool stuff that's going to put Pamela Key's been doing some amazing thinking they're going to be kind of a hub, kind of a part, big part of the hub, you know, Delaware Tech, some of the vocational schools, some of the pre-apprenticeship programs. I mean, I think in, in the workforce investment boards, I mean, I want to make sure to look, I mean, every product is going to be PLA, you know, 26 PLAs are going to be part of this thing. You know, we're going to obviously meet all the federal standards and go well beyond them. But if we could bring, you know, thousands of thousands of young folks into the trades in a, in a way that creates, sets them up for a lifetime of success, you know, I mean, that's a game changer, right? And they're, and, and they're doing stuff that's actually make their communities cleaner and safer and a little more vibrant. I mean, that's the ultimate win-win. And, and, and that, you know, no, go ahead, Jimmy. No, and, and to Colin's point, just to piggyback, I didn't mean to interrupt you, J-Doc, but, okay. but, you know, project labor agreements. That is, that is what the building trades strive for on every project. But, you know, we, we have trouble on many projects enacting a PLA. The fact that a project labor agreement is tied into this, uh, whole hydrogen hub, uh, you know, is 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 a monumental thing. And listen, there were people that that don't want recognition. You know, they're behind the scenes. And you know, uh, I, I I definitely want to throw a little shout out, a, a thank you to Sean McGarvey, National Building Trades. He was you know a Philly guy, uh, but he was he was involved behind the scenes as well. You know, people like Ryan Boyer, head of Philadelphia Building Trades, right? Ryan. Ryan just put me into this thing. He said, here, you know, you're, you're representing us, you know, report back to me. And I would constantly report back to Ryan and, and Ryan was fully engaged as well, as was, you know, representatives from South Jersey building trades and Delaware building trades to have a project labor agreement stamped on this, this whole uh, hydrogen hub is a major, major uh, uh, deal for, for uh, the workers of these, uh, of this region. And and having said that, believe it or not, guys, we got about a minute left. Just want to talk about safety for a minute, okay? It's always a, a, a concern, especially for opponents of, of of projects like this. You know, even without talking about the details or the facts, um, obviously, um, we've been using hydrogen safety in, in refining for a long time, and hydrogen fuel cell vehicles have also been around for a while. Um, you know, we're just talking about a lot more of them. Uh, before we go and, and talk, uh, talk to us not only about how we have been using uh, hydrogen safely to date, but are there other uh, you know, regulations and programs that need to be put into place to make sure the public is comfortable on the safety front? Jimmy? Well, I mean, look, when it comes to safety, uh, you know, the building trades, no one does it better, okay? We hammer away at safety each and every day from the day one and when an apprentice starts in, in you know, this local union or, or any other trade. And uh, I, I can say that with confidence, you know, um, 
Are there are there things that may have to be put in place to make this this whole this whole hub more safe? Maybe there is. And if there is, yeah, we we want to make things safe. Look, my members, right, I, and I tell them all the time, you wake up in the morning with, with 10 fingers, 10 toes. We want you to come home with 10 fingers and 10 toes, okay? Hey, 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 my father used to say, one hand for yourself, one hand for the company, and in this case, one hand for the community as well. Colin, I'll let you um, finish up on this topic. Yeah, so on the safety side, I mean, I, like I think like, a lot of our existing pipeline infrastructure isn't kind of hydrogen ready right now, right? So the things that are bigger diameter, you can resleeve. There's a ton of work in that. There's, you know, there's federal approvals around that. You know, we'll, we'll make sure that that's all safe. There's a lot of things that are going to have to be replaced, right? Just because, you know, they're 20 years old, 30 years old, 50 years old. And so, again, you know, having kind of state of the art, um, you know, pipeline infrastructure that is safe. Because one of the environmental issues is like leakage is actually not, is obviously not, not good on a safety level, but it's also not good on an environmental level. Um, but we can avoid that, but it also means more work, right? So I mean, it's one of these kind of self-fulfilling things where getting safety right means more jobs and also means more community confidence. So, you know, if we do it right, it's, you know, again, we, we can become the model for the country where it's like, if they can do it here, then, then let's take it everywhere. Absolutely. Well, gentlemen, I want to thank you both. Jim Snell, business manager, Steam Fitness Local 420, and Colin O'Mara, CEO of National Wildlife Federation for joining us on the Labor and Energy Show with Jay Dot and Krause. And also, uh, you know, for your commitment to this project, um, it's such a big deal for our region. And like you just said, Colin, um, making it a model, uh, you know, for the nation. Uh, gentlemen, thank you so much for being on the program. Thanks, Jay Doc. Thanks, Jay Doc. We'll have more from the Labor and Energy Show with Jay Doc and Krause. In just a minute. The Eastern Atlantic States Regional Council of Carpenters is proud to present skilled union workers, including the workers that build and maintain our energy infrastructure. The safest, best trained, and most productive carpenters in the country are on the job. Whether it's energy from nuclear, wind, coal, natural gas, or offshore wind, the EAS carpenters are ready to provide the construction need of an energy industry our families depend on. If you're interested in a job in construction, visit EASCarpenters.org or follow us on social at EAS carpenters. PBF Energy wants you to know hidden RIN costs are adding almost 30 cents to every gallon at the pump and pushing independent American refineries to the brink. It doesn't have to be this way. President Biden can lower gas prices and protect thousands of union refinery jobs by fixing the renewable fuel standard. And he should. Visit fuelingusjobs.com slash take action to urge President Biden to stop the RIN sanity and fix the renewable fuel standard to day. Can you afford a brand new electric car or a charging station for your home? Want to spend your days waiting in line at a public charging station? Well, buckle up. Delaware and New Jersey are planning to ban the sale of gas-powered cars by 2035. Most drivers can't afford it, don't need it, and don't want it. Tell Governor Carney and Governor Murphy to stop the EV mandate and let drivers decide. Portions of tonight's Labor and Energy Special are presented by PBF Energy and supported by members of the labor union community, a collaborative to educate the public and change the narrative. And welcome back, everyone, to the Labor and Energy Show with J-Doc and Krause. Good dialogue, good conversation, all part of what was a great success and great work done by Jim Snell leading the way and Colin O'Meara explaining and talking today, J-Doc, about the hydrogen hub. Um, and we went long, of course, um, so we only have about a minute before we have to say goodbye here on the Labor and Energy Show. Well, I can tell you this, Joe. 
Um, it was great to have Colin and Jim on the program. Their leadership and the leadership of, of uh, you know, the, the, the committee um, is what our initiative is all about, okay? And that is working together uh, for our, uh, you know, obviously our environment, for our workforce, uh, for our energy security, okay? And great leadership does that. And that's what Jim and, and Colin represent and the Mach 2 committee. Um, this is going to bring such uh, an amazing impact to our community. Uh, and, 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 and as Colin O'Mara talked about, uh, to be a model across the country. I think this is going to be a catalyst for, um, you know, our, our transition. They talk about the energy transition, um, you know, working with labor, our traditional energy resources and our renewable industry. Uh, just proud to be a part of it. Yeah, great stuff today. And again, shout out to everybody that was part of that process, that long process that now will come to fruition. And our listeners, the end result, our listeners and our communities um, will enjoy a great benefit from all of the fantastic work, which is always the case. That's going to do it for this edition of the Labor and Energy Show with Jadoff and Krause on behalf of our very, very special guest today. Colin O'Mara and Jim Snell. And of course, on behalf of J-Doc, I'm Joe Krause. See you next time, everybody. Thanks for listening to tonight's Labor and Energy Special. You can help. Call your congressperson and join the movement to push back on RINs. This program is paid for by Advocacy United. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Advocacy United or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHT or Odyssey. Today's program is pre-recorded.